Welcome to Coaching Culture, the podcast where we discuss how we can use sports and not let them use us. I'm JP Nervin, the founder of Thrive On Challenge, and the mission for this podcast is to connect leaders in athletics to help us create a transformational culture by building leadership and character. Now let's get started. Hey, this is JP Nerman, and you're listening to Coaching Culture, episode number 42, the importance of core values in a growth mindset with high school basketball coach John Carrier. So when I started this podcast less than a year ago, I set out uh, with the intent that it was going to be different, that I wasn't just going to bring on big name coaches or big name character coaches or, or people in mental performance. I was going to bring on coaches that were relatable coaches. Uh, people who are still in the trenches, still establishing themselves as a coach. Because I really believe that you don't need numerous national championships or state titles to be able to provide value for other coaches. In fact, I think when you've won the big one, I think when you look back on your experience, uh, the view becomes a little distorted a little. So it's great to have guests that are, are, that are like most coaches listening to this podcast. Uh, the majority of us in coaching the majority of people in coaching have not won a state or a national championship. And that is okay because we are pursuing something far greater than that. So today's guest is a high school basketball coach at Henry Sibley High School in Minnesota. Now, John Carrier and I have known each other actually for many years because we used to be active on some coaching forums discussing a lot of X's and O's of basketball. But now we often pick up the phone just to chat and talk about culture. So I decided we need to share some of the our conversations with you on the podcast. And so we had a great chat and then I decided to break it down into two episodes with two different themes. In today's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about growth mindset and coaching, how important that is. And then John is gonna share with us how he takes what he consumes on social media and books and podcasts and then how he applies that to his culture playbook. Essentially how he develops his culture. Without further delay, here's John Carrier. John, tell us a little bit about you as a person. I've shared a little bit before this about you as a coach and what you do there, but yeah, just share a little bit about yourself as a person first. Uh, you know, I, you know, that's always, a, you know, it's always an interesting question. I, I'd say, you know, the two things about me, I work really hard. I try to work really hard anyway, and I try to be really passionate about what I'm doing. Um, and I absolutely love what I'm doing, whether it's teaching or coaching or being a dad or whatever. And, and I really just try to work hard at it. Um, and I think those are two things that, you know, I've just kind of always had as a part of my life. I don't know if it's growing up on the Iron Range in northern Minnesota or what it is, but you know, just something about like those two things is like core cornerstones of your life are, you know, two things that were really important. Yeah, and I think for a lot of listeners, they actually would be followers or they'll have seen a tweet of yours on Twitter. And when you talk about hardworking, I don't think you just show up to the gym. You're what I would say a learner. And uh, you can divide the world into learners and non-learners. And I have known you, you know, in a, in a weird way in the sense that we were kind of like knew each other from a coaching X's and O's forum, like a coaching yep. uh, forum where people, coaches just got together, shared ideas. And from very early on, I could see that there's certain people that are on there to talk about the things that they know. And there's certain people on there to engage and learn more. And you were one of the learners and well, engagers. So, Jay, yeah, tell me a little about that. Well, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I think one of the most fun things about coaching to me is the learning. Like, it's just knowing you don't know enough. You know, in my career record, you know, I've been head coach for three years, 
and my career record is 15 and 61. Which is part of why, at first, when you asked me to be on here, I was sort of like, for what? Um, I haven't had a whole lot of, like, on-the-floor success. But that's one of the fun things about the game is just all the time trying to get better at what you do. You know, and just watching other people, watching better people, and just absorbing as much as you can. And I think that's one of the more fun things about basketball. There's a lot of ways to do it. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of ways to do this, and I think it's always fun to just keep learning. And there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, it used to just be like videos, and you have to buy videos online and go to, you know, read, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, winning hoops, and that was about it. And then all of a sudden, the internet came, and now we're, there's message boards, and there's Twitter, which is unbelievable, and YouTube, and, you know, I mean, if you're a coach and you're not getting better, I don't know what your excuse is at this point. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, there, there is a lot of information out there, and weeding through that information is difficult between the good stuff and the bad stuff. One thing before we even talk about that is, like, do you feel like your shift and what you're trying to learn about has changed from your, like, 13 years coaching, correct? Yeah, I think we're at, I'm at 15 now. 15, so. Longer in the tooth than. What were you focused on learning in, in around, you know, the first few years? And now what is your kind of your, your probably your biggest passion and interest as far as development? You know, it's, it's interesting. I was lucky enough to get my start in coaching at Lacrosse Central in Wisconsin for a guy named Todd Ferg, who is one of the best coaches I've ever been around. But, you know, I mean, between him and. Mark Klingsborn, who I was and was with at Tartan, who's in the Hall of Fame in Minnesota. Like those are two of the best I've been around. But Todd really was into education-based athletics, and so even at you know 19 when I got my start in coaching, he had core values for his program. Wow. You know, he did. A, so, so from an early age, I was always really interested in character, in building character, in culture, and I still am, and that hasn't changed. Um, and the funny thing is most coaches, I think, start out learning X's and O's yeah. and kind of fall into that. And I started out with the culture and the character, which I'm still working through. Um, but now I'm starting to add some more X's and O's stuff. You'll get a little more interested in like that part of it. Um, and early on, you know, a lot of it was like drills. How many drills can I find? Where can I find drills? Where can I find drills? Yeah. And now it's more about what coaches teach and especially how they teach it. You know, Doug Novak from Bethel out here in St. Paul is unbelievable. He's, I'd put him up against Jay Wright or any other, you know, B-line or anybody in terms of development. But just, like, looking at those three guys and, like, what they teach and how they teach it, that's really become the way. Because I've shifted more from a drill guy to a games-based guy. So all we're doing is playing two-on-two. Now I've got to know what I'm supposed to be focusing on, how to teach that, what cues to use. So I've shifted that way in terms of skill development. Well, I think it's so cool that you shared too to tie back into you know that Bethel coach and your experience. You shared you were you're in your in your head coaching career, you're 15 and 61, yeah. and you're honest about that. But you're also honest about the fact that you didn't feel like you should even be on this podcast because of that. But the whole yeah. one of my biggest core principles or, or beliefs is that just a coach's record. If you were 61 and 15, it doesn't make you any more valuable as a person and also just as value, the value you could provide. I think honestly we chase the latest flavor of the month. 
or the player yeah. of the week. Like everyone gets caught up, we, you know, and we see this on social media, right? So it's like, ooh, the NBA champions did this. The, the Warriors played like this, or the Rockets play like this, or Jay Wright only had three plays last year for Villanova, or yeah. you know, uh, Loyola Chicago has a, a has a nun chaplain, right? Or, you know, and just because someone's winning doesn't mean you should copy or model model them. And you talked about that, Coach at Bethel, about what was impressive was the process. Yeah, you know, and I think that's in coaching. I think that's that's one of the big leaps I've you know I've made. And actually, again, going back to Coach Ferguson at lacrosse, you know, when I got there, it was his second year, and you know, I watched him just fight through years of not, you know, barely being five hundred, you know, and then all of a sudden, then they were creeping a little above five hundred. And last year, I think it was it was two years ago now, they won the first state title. Wow. And, and I, I didn't. I wanted to go, and I just didn't have a chance to go. But it was one of the most, just like watching the end, like streamed you know, on Twitter was like one of the most satisfying things I've, I've had in coaching. Even though I did none of it, <laughs> just to watch a guy who you know, I admire, who I you know, go through the process and develop kids and do it, win by having a better culture, win by character, and all of a sudden I'll build this from like struggling to be 500 to, you know, all of a sudden now you're a state champion and not giving up and not quitting and not just going to a different school or trying to find more better players or we're going to take the guys we have, we're going to develop them over a number of years and we're going to eventually be successful. So what did you take when you went into your first head coaching gig as far as building that culture? What was like the big takeaway that you took from the lacrosse central coach? Was having core values. Um, and, and we kind of, you know, the first, when I first showed up, I didn't really know what to expect. And so I had three pillars. We had three pillars. Um, what were those? They were you know, selfless, um, passionate, and tough. Okay. And those were our three. And so during the last year, though, now I'm starting to give up control a little bit. And I had our guys come up with what they wanted. And what they thought was, um, you know, really, really important. And so now what we have is we have what's called our warrior core. And some of them are pretty similar, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I like the fact that they came up with them now. So now we've got a new set of core values. Um, and they came up with unselfish, which is pretty much the same, hardworking, competitive, encouraging, and humble. And I actually used, um, are you familiar with What Drives Winning? Yep. So I, I used that book and you kind of used some of the things in there to like, some of the things that lead us into coming up with our core values. And I think that's actually really powerful for our guys. Um, but just having them and just emphasizing them all the time, using that to discipline. Like, we don't have a list of rules, mm-hmm. but we expect you to be unselfish. You know, so now all of a sudden, if, you know, you you know, you do something that's selfish, we're going to call you on it and discipline you with that instead of you broke rule number 76. Because rules just paint you into a point, to be honest. Yeah, I think there's two really cool things about that. One is that you have let them, you empowered them, you gave up some control, they're going to have more buy-in, right? I've spoken yep. about that on the podcast before. That's huge. The other thing is I would say is I think some coaches feel like, well, that means that you have, a, are you asking the coach to give up his core values? No. I still think a coach could have a manifesto, a, a uh, something posted where it's my core values as a coach that mm-hmm. you strive to model 
as a coach. So your team could have three pillars, but you as a coach might have, you know, your four core values of how you're going to coach, how you're going to lead. And you use those to model in your behavior. And I think that um, that will leave a massive impact as well because they will see those reflected in you and, and your behaviors, which, which is key. One of the things uh, not, to, not to hop in, but I no, think, hop you know, in. for me, you know, I think my two core values are be passionate and work hard. Yeah. And, and I think I try to model those for our guys all the time. You know, I'm not one of, you know, like I, you know, I, every, every time we have a skill workout, I'm there in the off season, mm-hmm. you know, I go to all the AAU games, do all the extra stuff. So I'm trying to model like, Hey, we're going to work hard here. And I, and I always try to give them that passion too. So yeah, even though our program has some, I definitely have my own. And that was one other thing I didn't mention was I kind of had them pick two or three core values that they wanted for the year on their own. Yeah. So we had our team ones, but then individually they had something oh, wow. they wanted to pick I love that. And it's also starting to focus on something bigger than just the player they are, right? It's about like the, the person they're becoming in that yep, process, exactly. which is huge. So when you take value, the core values, do you then talk about some commitments or certain things that they can then judge their behaviors or languages, their attitude on those core values or what, what is your next step there? So um, I put together our, and I don't have it off the top of my head, but I put together what's called our culture playbook. I don't know. Are you familiar with focus three with, uh, yeah, with uh, Brian, Brian Kite. Kite. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, listening to their stuff, I put together, so I put, you know, so each one of our core values is there. Then under it is the behaviors. And I tried to get it down to three, maybe four, like core behaviors that go with that. That's fantastic. Now, do you pick yeah, those I or they pick them? them? Like on court and off court. Yeah. On court, off court. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you pick those or the players pick those? Behaviors? I came up with those based on the values the players pick. Okay. That's pretty cool. I like that. I always encourage, I, I like that a lot, actually. I always encourage coaches to uh, get their players to make commitments as well. You know, like, what are you committed to doing? to making that actually happen, you know? And so yeah. um, and I think that, but I love that idea of, you know, you, you know, finding our, our the first behaviors. Year we burned our goals and then did commitment lists and maybe that's something I need to get back to. Well, you know, there's, that's, this is the thing. This is one of the big things is like, there's so much, there's so many different ways you can do it, yeah. right? There is no, this is absolutely the right way or the only way. What is key is the underlying principle, which is, you are empowering them to set values and agree upon with you certain behaviors and commitments that are going to match mm-hmm. up with those values. And that's what's critical. And that it, they are part of that process. And as long as yeah. I feel like they, they're a part of that process, they're going to be more bought in. No doubt. And, and here's the other thing is I really like is you've taken something from, and that's why I encourage coaches to do on anything that they read of mine or you come across anything like, uh, like Focus 3 with Brian is to take these principles, to take these ideas and shape them to your context. Because your your program looks a lot different than the program of a team that has, you know, three-time state championship. No doubt. Yeah, everybody's got different kids, different situations. And frankly, we all, you know, there is no cookie cutter. We all should be picking and choosing what we want and fitting into what we think works. Exactly. So here's another thing. Consumption. We can consume, and you talked about it earlier, there's no reason we shouldn't be growing as a coach and we shouldn't be learning as a coach. But I'm a real big believer. Learning, consuming, and knowing more doesn't mean you're learning because I think learning doesn't happen without actual changes in our behavior, our language, 
our attitude and the, really the way we do things, right? And so mm-hmm. um, how do you weed through all the material? Because there's a lot of material out there. I mean, literally every day you could spend your first 20, 30 minutes just reading the probably the emails that you get that you subscribe to from uh, coaching email chain lists. And then you could go on Twitter and there's a million different videos. There's all these. So how do you weed through all that and, and take things from just consuming them to actually actualizing them? Well, you know, Don Meyer has that saying. You want all the good ideas, but you can't use all the good ideas. Mm-hmm. So everything we do has to fit with what we're doing. And it all has to kind of fit together. It can't, it's got to be a puzzle. It can't be a random collage. You know what I mean? You can't just put random stuff all over. It's got to yeah. be a puzzle that fits. So here's my question. You've yeah. made the decision. You've, you've got this information. You Now you go, I need to implement this within my team across the board. How do you communicate okay. that? How do you turn that into action within your assistant coaches and your players? How do you start to develop that um, and to eliminate maybe previous ways of doing things? You know, it gets harder with the culture, but then there's a lot of different ways that you got to just disseminate it a lot of ways. You got to live it. You got to be that, right? If, if I'm selfish and I'm worried about myself all the time, then the rest of it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You got to live it and then you got to just keep preaching it and then you got to find the um, you got to find them doing it right and highlight the, the moments that it's done right. Yeah, there's that 108010 thing. It's like you know, you got certain people that are going to ex- be exceptional in their work ethic and do anything right. Then you got the middle people that will struggle there. You got those 10% of people that are going to be lazy. They're not going to do what you're asking them to do. And often as coaches, we get so caught up in the people that aren't doing it right or aren't showing yeah. up on time that aren't having a good attitude. And we ignore the people that are doing it right. And if we, we, I think so often we need to shift our focus, like you said there, to 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 the people that are doing things correctly, and then you'll get more of it. Like you get more of what you focus on. And see, and that's one place I've shifted as a coach and learned this year is, you know, even last year, even previous years, I would get so upset about guys not doing, not playing hard, not doing it right. And I'm just, I'm really trying hard, and it's hard to break the habit of flipping on its head instead of talking about the guys that aren't at workouts. You praise the guys that are there and say, hey, you guys are doing it right. It's fantastic. Yeah, and, I, and especially in the off season too, you know, this has been such a conversation I've had with football coaches, with soccer coaches, and basketball coaches in particular, is that idea of like, I want to get my players to buy in in the off season, And I just, I, I, I do think in some programs, in some contexts, we can have consequences. We can have this standard of, you've got to make so many workouts and stuff like that. That may fit for some programs, but I really feel like, most of what would happen if we just sat back and just said, you know, gym's open here. We're doing workouts. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to work hard. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to push. We're going to be passionate about what we're doing, and you're going to get better. And you just did exactly what you just said, which is to focus on the guys that are showing up. I think people will want to be a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to want to be in an environment where when they show up, they're made to feel good about themselves. They're admired for their effort. And I'll say this, I, I want to, I, you know, I'm striving in a model that's perfect that I'm not going to do it right, but I'm striving to create an environment that, that our players want to come to as opposed to feel like they have to. You know, I, I would rather have the, the, you know, hey, let's do this, this is fun factor than the guilt factor if I, you know, if I can help it. All right, great stuff from John today. I had three really big takeaways. First, I love his point about learning and growing being one of the most enjoyable aspects of coaching. I think... This is a critical mindset to have, especially when you're going through those hard seasons. 
as he admitted, John has actually a really poor head coaching record. But he is one of the most constant learners and growers I know in coaching today. And he does this with an incredible, incredibly positive attitude that is just so focused on the process. I never hear him talk about his teams in regards to their talent or ability. He never complains, but it's just focused on the process of getting better. Secondly, I really like how he empowered his players to select their core values. And then he decides on three to four behaviors that match the value on and off the court. That's some great stuff. My challenge to John and also to you coaches would be to find ways to empower the athletes to choose the behaviors. And we as coaches look for ways to suggest or to guide them in choosing uh, appropriate and measurable behaviors. Lastly, John is fantastic at, and one of the best in my mind, of taking concepts and principles uh, that he consumes in podcasts, books, and, and blogs, and then applying them to his setting. On, his, on the Coaching Notes PDF that I'm going to be sharing on the newsletter this week and next week, um, I'll be sharing a document that John shared with me last week. And it essentially is an outline that helps you to take what you are reading uh, but it could also be done with articles and podcasts as well, in my opinion. So take that and how to apply that information within your context. It's a really great tool. Thanks again to John. Now next week, John and I will be discussing playing time and some unique ways to partner with parents. In the meantime, don't forget to go to thriveonchallenge.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter where you get coaching notes, blogs, and other valuable resources. Also, check out Culture Builders, my short daily two-minute podcast, giving you some ideas on how to build your culture. 